0: Welcome, wrestling fans. Are we going to be a wrestling podcast no, now? I'm kidding. I would be all for that.
1: I don't know what you're kidding about.
0: Welcome, young Sheldon fans, to another episode of The Big Bang Theory Continue. I'm just kidding. Welcome, Cinemates, to an episode Hello. of Cinemates. Get ready to be swept off your feet by the enchanting Barbie. Barbenheimer. And. Some explosive movie action with a little Oppenheimer. Yes, that is true, movie fans. We just did Oppenheimer. We survived Oppenheimer the day it came out. We're done. As of the time of recording, (laughs) it is 2 p.m. on Friday, and we have done both. We have finished the the double movie set. Anyway, this is Cinemates. Welcome. Welcome I'm Mike Jose Collins, and that's- I'm Jake Schultz. Thanks for joining us. And we are back. We did it. We survived the bi- two biggest. Oh yeah. Uh, it's gonna be the biggest movies? releases of the year. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Especially with
1: all the uncertainty with SAG, and there is news that Dune might get delayed, which is probably gonna be the most, the next cult. Yeah, yeah. Classic. I think this is probably gonna be the peak of cinema this year.
0: Yeah. And it was I, uh, peak I cinema. Think so, um, I mean, I'll I'll just go here. Holy crap! Yeah,
1: <laughs> that was a good two movies. That
0: was freaking amazing. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. So,
1: for con- we, Mike has seen my Barbie review. I've seen nothing from him, and we just came out of Oppenheimer like an yeah, hour ago. Yeah, we're like ago. fresh, uh, fresh we out of Oppenheimer, right on
0: the TTC. Got so I've over heard nothing, but I, I, I would figure
1: that watching these two movies and seeing the reviews that both of these have been getting, like rave reviews across the boards. And I was like, normally I'm like, okay, Mike can be hard to read sometimes with movies. He came out and he was holding his tongue. like He's trying to be like, yeah, it wasn't, whatever. (laughs) And I knew that he liked Oppenheimer. I figured he would like Barbie, but hearing that confirmation is so great. Yeah, these were,
0: uh, oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I've never, I don't, I I think Parasite probably lived up to the hype for me. Like, before a movie's like, oh, completely over. We saw this day one, Yeah. by the way. So, like, there's not a lot of hype, but these movies were- and you weren't as po- Super optimistic about no, I was not Oppenheimer. No, as Oppenheimeristic as Oppenheimer. <laughs> uh, and wow, yeah, they yeah.
1: both delivered. Before we get into specifically, what do we want to start with first? Should we go in the order of Barbenheimer or do we want to go Oppenheimer um, because it's fresh? I feel like we just got out of Oppenheimer. Okay, so I'm we'll do Oppenheimer little- first. Beforehand, so we talked about how this was a meme and how like the cult gathering beforehand was an online presence. I didn't think it was going to transfer in person.
0: And wow,
1: Holy, <laughs> going on Wednesday to the advanced screening and seeing everyone dressed up in pink, yeah. in pink suits, in Barbie shirts, it was, first of all, insane. And I was underdressed. I wore black. And I was like, I don't even know why I didn't think of that. But then to transfer to your screening, where you said it was the same thing, that exactly everyone was dressed A up packed, in pink, everyone was so excited. Theater. And we went at 10 o'clock in the morning today to Oppenheimer and IMAX, and it was sold out. Yeah, it was wild. At 10 in the morning, and I saw b- so many Barbenheimer shirts in my yeah. two screenings. Some hats. I love it. it. The fact that there's already been a cult gathering for these two movies beforehand, and for them to come out and not be memes, and for them to genuinely be fantastic movies, warms my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. It was great.
0: incredible. Maddie, Maddie's at Barbie right now. She said it's the most packed she's seen in the theater in a long and time. And this
1: is like a Friday when people have jobs, they have like stuff to do. They're going out of their way to see these movies early yep. because beforehand, Barbie has the most – they had the most pre-sale ticket since Avatar, The Way of Water, which is an incredible height. And hearing how much hype this has and how happy everyone's coming out of these movies and how excited they are to be like talking about movies – I haven't felt this way about a movie in a long time. I haven't seen people online talk the way that they're talking just the first two days alone, a first, like, basically not even first two days, just one day of these movies being shown publicly. I'm so happy. I'm genuinely so thrilled to be sitting here and be, like, excited to talk about two blockbuster movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Want to get into Oppenheimer? Let's do it, man. Oppenheimer is an epic biographical film... (laughs) By Christopher Nolan, the man is back, starring Killian Murphy, along with a, a rose gallery of stars, Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, you got Florence Pugh in there, you got Casey Affleck, Rami Malik, Kenneth Branagh, all about the man himself, J. Robert Oppenheimer, and his story leading to the creation of the atomic bomb. But it's not just about the story of the atomic bomb, this is a story about the man himself. And it's presented in such a way that is, first of all, it takes its time, right? It's a three-hour epic, and it told a story through what I was kind of surprised about, kind of a very puzzle piece way of putting yeah. it together because time jumpy parts there is a lot that, yeah there's time jumping between black and white scenes and colored scenes and the way that Christopher Nolan described this beforehand was that the color scenes are subjective through the eyes and lens of Oppenheimer and through how he saw it and the black and white is objective these are legitimate things that happened in the movie or it happened in real life so that was how they presented it and I wasn't completely sold on that idea before I went into the movie I was like okay like I'm not a huge fan of black and white movies first of all I'll just say it out loud I don't know what it is whether it just pairs it back to like the 1940s and I just think of all the film movies I had all the like old classic movies I had to watch for film school and I just immediately go Ugh, and just like shiver a little bit I thought it was handled really well and it was really clever the way that they used that as a narrative piece and in general the story of Oppenheimer the the decision to make it about his life just as much as this bomb like the bombs not the main part of this story his life is the part of the story that like I really connected with and pit when you finally put those puzzle pieces together it just fits like a glove and I loved everything that was being shown to me on screen narratively
0: yeah then I mean yeah couldn't have worded it better the 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 jumps worked perfectly the black and white scenes they 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 worked incredibly well I mean there's a theory that like Every story can only be told so many times. It's like the Shakespearean theory, where every story, every movie, basically ever made since Shakespeare has just been a different type of Shakespeare. Dude, this is like a modern day Hamlet, and it it included like so many other Shakespearean references that you could just like. Sure, I guess, but it was. I've never been more honestly impressed by something that that told this story so well. And uh, when I say modern day Hamlet, Killian Murphy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I can't say enough good things about him. Wow. It was like he channeled Thespian himself and, <laughs> and like I, I wasn't sold on the first like thirty minutes. I was like I thought it was gonna be this really good movie. Like I thought okay, Christopher Nolan, he's not gonna go wrong, I guess. I'm not a big fan, but yeah. um I thought it was gonna be out act like just a t- like the cast is insane. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be people out trying to out act each other. But it was like every single scene, each person was just giving Killian Murphy Everything he needed to make that character so perfect. Mm-hmm. And it worked so, there was nobody stealing scenes. It was all him. It was like just carrying this three hour masterpiece. Yeah. In the final third, I thought I might be checked out of it. I was—you're more enthralled. By it's that crazy point. because,
1: it, like we said, it, it's a slow burn. It takes you—you need to stay with this movie because you won't be grabbed from it from the very beginning. At least I wasn't. You, you're probably the same way that, like, you're like okay, whatever. The more it happens, and the more you're getting told what's happening, and the more you're seeing all these scenes unravel and how they're feeding into the ultimate end game that Christopher Nolan yeah. told, and how it was all designed to make Oppenheimer the story the face of this story all add to killian murphy's performance absurd absurd storytelling and hats off to chris Nol- chris nolan he wrote this screenplay this is his screenplay wow this is the best screenplay he's he's told in a movie i think i don't know if that's yeah. a crazy hot take he's done tenet he's done the dark knight this is the most complete this is best incredible. I, story i've I seen I couldn't him say do.
0: something wrong with the story so um, good his ability to like build suspense yeah. after like every single beat you think it's already passed there's climaxes of each act in this like it's incredible. you think it all leads up to the bomb and then there's this whole extra hour about yeah. the the finale of this the character from like, it. yeah it, it it's almost like a bomb itself mm-hmm. it, It's wild
1: yeah it's uh i i what I think is most interesting is that we know that Christopher Nolan has an obsession with time at least in his movies like you look at everything tenet all these things have a framing device through time and this movie still does because it's playing with it and i like it's playing with the order of where it's telling you everything and that's not anything new like we've seen that before in movies it's just handled so well and the way they do it is just unlike a, a movie i've seen recently they handled it that perfectly and yeah. i honestly like I, I'm struggling to put into words what I watched at some points because I was mainly shocked that this was a Christopher Nolan movie because as much as I love Christopher Nolan, he's a top three director, it felt like I was watching beyond, like something beyond that. Yeah, Because I've seen so much flack from this guy from the past couple years because in a decade he's made movies that not everyone's connected with. Interstellar, whether you love it or not, which there's a fair amount of people that love it, is more divisive. Dunkirk, extremely divisive. A lot of people have a lot of issues with the screenplay of that thing. Same with Tenet. He came out and he just proved everyone wrong. This is his magnum opus. This is literally his best, like, his, his grand achievement in cinema. Direction, incredible.
0: Unlike anything I think I've seen in a very long time. N- not even close.
1: Just the direction, the way that it paired with IMAX, too, the IMAX scenes were gorgeous. The cinematography was beautiful. The score, the score was so good. I thought that Ludwig Gorison Ludwig I must butcher his name, Ludwig Gorrison, who did Tenet, which I loved, and I thought that was my second favorite score, because Inception's my favorite, he topped himself in this one, because this movie is constant score in your the, face. The
0: m- pace was the amazing. Entire the entire time.
1: Everything is just done so well, and tension especially.
0: Yeah, it's it was you live in it this yeah. whole movie and you i don't know how he could keep you in that state for for three hours yeah I hate three hour movies mm-hmm. this was the shortest three hours i think i've been a part of like oh my god
1: yeah you you feel i think you feel the length a little bit but it you're never in a good at way. The point yeah like you're never feeling like checking your watch like okay what's the time no. like wh- how what's the point of this like where are we going because even when we hit the bomb climax, and what a climax that was, first of all. My goodness. Like you said, we have an extra hour of this thing. And it, so many people would have just checked out after that point and being like, why do I care? But then they present a specific story beat that they've been planting seeds for throughout the entire movie. That all comes to a crescendo. And I know you say that like not everyone stole scenes. I will give my flowers to Robert Downey Jr. Incredible performance. I think it's his best performance in years. I'm so happy to finally see him in a b- un, b- back in a positive light because since he's been done with Iron Man, he's done nothing good. That he he was so good in this movie. I loved yeah, his, his performance. His
0: switch like at the beginning of this movie I thought, "Oh, it's kind of Robert Downey Jr. doing a little Robert Downey Jr." It was done so well. His he did it masterfully where you th- he it was almost like on purpose that he wanted you to think that and then the switch of uh Strauss's like character was unlike anything. The third act was his, yeah. I think. I think Robert Downey Jr. stole that.
1: Yeah. I do you think that you got everything from the the first watch of this movie, or do you think that no. there's so many like there's so many things <laughs> no, that I want to no. go back and rewatch because it is overwhelming. Like there is an overwhelming Completely. amount that's thrown at you. There is so many characters. There's so many devices that are you need to pay attention. If you're not paying attention, even like the most minute small scenes that you don't think are important will come back at the end of the movie and you'll be like, "Oh my god, that was actually important." And there's so many times it happens and it's brilliant. It's so brilliant because then it puts every single scene in a different contextual light. And you're riding with these characters and the way that Nolan's just able to switch and make them so so good. Yeah. Off of just like a couple people that like aren't even seemingly important. Every single character had something to do in this movie. Every single character fed into the arc of Oppenheimer.
0: He, he says it at one point in a scene um, where he's trying to, I think Matt Damon was trying to convince him uh, to be the director of the, the project, but yep. he's talking about the scientists he needs and how he needs to, all these minds. Like It doesn't work unless everyone's giving their own opinion. And it comes across like this movie is almost a movie of the movie itself. Yeah. It gets that meta like, mm-hmm. all of the characters, each scientist perfectly feeds into Killian Murphy's character so well. It, it was un- unlike any performance I think I've seen before. I th- what? Y- I, luck for act- oh, actor? Oh, yeah.
1: I was a little worried that the date this coming out wouldn't hold yeah. momentum. I If the Academy doesn't do anything for this movie, they're going to get major flack. Because Tenet, I can understand why that movie didn't get anything. It got score and visual effects. This, from wh- where I'm standing by... Killian Murphy's a lock. Christopher Nolan should be a lock. This movie should be a lock in Best Picture. This movie should have score, visual effects down. It should have cinematography. And I would even say Robert Downey Jr. will get in for supporting actor. Those are I seven think you could awards. honestly take And your you can pick keep going.
0: Of which character you want as your supporting Matt actor. Damon Matt Damon could get in. Matt Damon was really good.
1: Like,. No, there wasn't a single bad performance in this movie. Florence no. Pugh wasn't in it a lot, was really good, and her character served an important crux for that movie. Emily Blunt, who I wasn't sold with at first, has oh some my God. killer <laughs> scenes
0: in this movie. Yeah. Killer she, scenes. She'll probably get supporting.
1: I really liked even like the small guys. like Kenneth Branagh, really good supporting role in this movie. Benny Safdie was uh, probably the most out there, I think. Just a little bit of more like cartoonish, but not really cartoonish. I really liked Benny Safdie in this movie. Just going up and down the list, even the people like Dane DeHaan, who I'm not a big fan of, and he hasn't been in anything more recent, is really good
0: in the couple scenes he had. Yeah, there's, I just there's no bad performance in this. No, there really isn't. It's like one of the most perfect casted things I think I've seen. It's one of the most perfect movies I've seen in a long time. Who like which which side character kind of like performance blew you out of the water? a bit? Uh, like side side character or more just yeah, because Robert Downey Jr. was amazing. Matt Damon, I thought. Incredible. I really like <laughs> Matt Damon as Groves. Really, really good. Really good. Uh, a lot more complex than your your more g- like
1: general type yeah. of character. He had a little g. bit g. more. Gra- Casey Affleck for
0: one scene does the Matthew McConaughey Wolf of Wall Street like yeah. steals it? Like, oh my god, he's terrifying in this movie. I didn't even know it was him at first. Oh, you didn't know from the voice? No,
1: I because I Casey Affleck's been kind of like out of Hollywood for a while since he did Manchester by the Sea. And just seeing him again I like regardless of his character he's a great actor and the the, the ability, that's what I love about this movie is they cast we, we need to talk about Gary oldman yeah he, he's so good in his one scene they cast all of these like best best actor winner or actress winners or nominees and they're they're in smaller roles. Yeah, Oscar winner Rami Malek is has like a but couple they, scenes. They kill everything it's they're amazing. In. They're killing everything and it's so genius because like you said it doesn't take away from Killian Murphy at no. all. It just adds to him and it adds to his performance especially when they go through I guess it's light spoilers but it's it's a biopic you you kind of come to expect the trauma of after the bomb the way that Christopher Nolan is able to pair the visuals and his direction with the flashing light and the sounds and his acting, like the visceral acting that we see in Killian Murphy's face when you see these scenes and just the horror is the most believable. What some of the most believable acting I've seen in yeah. a long time.
0: He's downright incredible. Yeah. It's, it's one of the best performances I think I've ever seen. Yeah. at, like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's
1: crazy it lived up to the level of hype that it had. I was shocked. Yeah. I thought I was going to be bored. You, you were not the most optimistic person no. in general today. Like, you were you at low energy because you're like, it's a movie at 10 o'clock in the morning. You're like, why am I here? It's a three-hour movie off of a story that I don't really care about. And you're like, it's Christopher Nolan, who I'm not sold on. And for you to come down and sit to, to rave to the level that you are, it warms my heart a
0: little bit. It, I was blown away. Yeah. Blown away like a bomb. Do you want to talk about the bomb scene? Holy crap, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> spoilers
1: for this is arguably... Well, well, so, we'll get into full spoiler talk now, I think. Sure. Because there's not too much to talk about spoiler-wise, but let's talk about that bomb scene. Um, There's a reason I say Christopher Nolan needs to do a horror movie. And I've said that for years now, that I think he would craft one of the most unforgettable horror movies I've ever seen and this scene alone proves my theory with that I cannot believe that he built a bomb scene as gorgeously shot as terrifying to watch unfold and for you to sit there for a minute and be like kind of reveling in your seat while you watch the bomb explode because you know there's a sound coming and you know that like you're waiting for that sound to come but it doesn't come for like another two minutes and you're sitting there Waiting, just watching the beauty of this bomb and the horror also with it. It's such a cool contrast. And it's one of my favorite scenes I've ever watched. I have never felt that way watching a scene in theaters. I think in a long time, but I think permanently in yeah. my entire life. When people say you go to the theaters for a reason to watch on the biggest screen possible, come on.
0: Yeah. And then, I, I got it in that moment, man. It was phenomenal
1: when it finally exploded, feeling it through your body. Like I literally felt it, like come through, and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" Because it was a relief, like a relief, you're letting the tense pressure out, and then realizing what's to come after that is that this isn't just the climax of the movie. There's more
0: to it. I I can't believe the scene was as good as it was. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> it was just phenomenal. Yeah, the, the you're right. The the weight. I think was like the best part of the whole movie, the just the wait for the sound. We had a guy beside us actually gasp every time they showed the bomb, like he was out loud going. It "Ah! was gorgeous. Ah! Ah!
1: I don't Ah! know how he made that shot because this not it's not visual effects. Yeah, like that's a real bomb he blew up. (laughs) And the subtlety too that like was around that with the radiation too, I thought was really clever. Yeah, because they weren't outright with like, saying the repercussions, like, fully showing everything, but there's a couple scenes, especially when he's, like, talking to everyone after the bomb goes off. It was a Hiroshima bomb, right, that he was talking to everyone in the the, crew, the crowd, and then they're showing the, the flashes of white, and then they show her, the one girl's face is, like, melted. yeah. And then they go outside, and then you see people, like, in the corner, like, just hiding their heads, holding their heads. You hear a scream, like, just a very subtle scream because all oh, the sound goes There's just one scream. Someone's throwing up outside. That,
0: that was like a legitimately scary scene to yeah. watch. I he
1: tell me he wouldn't be good at horror. Tell me he well, wouldn't be good at horror.
0: I mean, spoiler alert: there's a jump scare in that scene. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, nobody expected that. No, out of nowhere. It's so good. <laughs>
1: it's so good.
0: The scream at first, once it goes silent, was so like eerie. Mm. You're like holding on to that feeling. It yeah. was wild. And then the acting on top
1: of that too. Those white flashes might be my favorite things in the movies. Like the constant reenacting, the him seeing the terror and like the PTSD from the bomb in these other scenes, is such a clever framing device that like I didn't think the film would ever like even do that because once you understand what like the third act is uncovering, why Oppenheimer got uh, kicked out of this group and seeing like the, the everything unfold with uh, Strauss's character and all of that, they have multiple of those scenes with these white flashes and reenacting the bomb and you're still like waiting for the explosion and then when they're in the room where he's yelling at Oppenheimer being like did you do that like this 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 and he's he's get doing it again and you don't de- you don't get the explosion but you're like still on edge waiting for it to happen again cuz you saw it happen twice beforehand yep it's so clever it's so clever i
0: don't how long did this movie take to make cuz like I, I don't know how you think of half of this crap. Like, it was... I I don't even know. <laughs> they f- I, I don't even know. They filmed...
1: <laughs> they filmed this day... This movie in 50 days. Wow. How did everything hit the way it did? Did Christopher Nolan just, like, hear everyone talking about him and being like, y'all thought that I was cooked? I'm Guess back. what? I'm back. Because this has to be... A, this has to be in his top three. Filmography. This mo- is his best movie. You, you so you say it's his favorite. Your favorite.
0: What else is better? I don't know. I'm. The Dark Knight is so influential. I think the importance of this movie will be bigger than The Dark Knight. Yeah.
1: So let's 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 talk about that. How we're, like towards the end of the movie, um, or at the end of the movie it's Oppenheimer kind of telling everyone when he was talking to Albert Einstein who I loved the, the, the Dude,
0: Albert Einstein was amazingly used in this by the way yeah, he was Holy smokes! yeah he
1: was um, talking about how he's like you remember when you we showed you this and the clusters of the atoms and you were like oh it's this could be the end of the world and then it shows the world exploding and mm-hmm. all the different missiles and he's in a missile I wanted the thing like going up, watching all the other missiles around him, and he's like, "Yeah, I think we just did that," and it just yeah. cuts. It, it's such a numbing end to this film. Like you, literally, I, there's a person when we were walking out the people beside us were numb, like they were sitting there just like yeah. straight face staring at it, because you it does this movie doesn't leave an like a, a you don't leave it a feel good ending. This is not a good like a feel good movie at all. <laughs> You you leave the movie being like, well, maybe they shouldn't have made the bomb, but that's how Oppenheimer felt all throughout that because of the level of guilt that he had and him living with that for the rest of his life and feeling the 120,000 deaths that at the beginning and now since then all the other bombs that have been used. And that gets into the real life issues and everything like that. The political aspects of this film were handled to a T. Yeah. So good. Right
0: yeah I, I don't even know what to say man like crap <laughs> yeah I've kind of like run out of superlatives to say about uh, it's only so many flowers you can give this thing yeah so you say it's his best yeah what would you I, say I don't even think the importance like the movie has on the way that we see weapons or, or war in the world I think like the importance of the movie the fact that somebody crafted this movie the fact that we got these performances from this are going to be more influential than what we got from the dark knight this is a better performance than heath ledger's joker oh oh
1: that's crazy i see i can't even, like off initial viewing i can't say that that's necessarily a bad take because killian killed it
0: but heath ledger's so influential just to people still talk about him to this day to carry a movie for 3 hours Like, is there a scene he's not in besides the Downey Jr. ones, I guess? He's in this movie for probably about, like, two hours and, like, 40 minutes. Yeah.
1: Like, it's a very Daniel Day-Lewis-esque performance where they hinge the entire movie off his back and they're like, we
0: trust you. Go do this. Yeah, I haven't seen a movie, three hours to to carry like that, I haven't seen since, like, Wolf of Wall Street. I think this is the second time I remember that movie in this podcast. Uh, also it's just that movie's like good but Wolf of Wall it's not Street not great like um but DiCaprio carrying that for 3 hours was amazing too but this is like un- something you've just never seen before.
1: Well and we've seen Killian Murphy in roles before but he's never had that
0: lead. Like he's never been that guy. And D- Peaky Blinders he was. For him to do this, I again like I bring it back to this. It's like every single other actor in every scene that he was in bought into the fact that you're make like this guy is like, I I don't even know. It, he's literally like I said it before. He's channeling thespian or something, man. Like it's insane what he's doing.
1: Yeah. Is it crazy to say this is a breakout performance? He's forty seven and he's already had performances like Peaky Blinder, where everyone knows he's good, but not to this. Like, is it crazy to say that this is his breakout performance? Uh, I think everyone's going to want. I guess. I think everyone's going to want a piece of him after this movie.
0: Yeah, I, he's going to be like the next name you call i'm fine with it it was it was amazing
1: i haven't like i haven't watched all of peaky blinders i watched a couple episodes and i was kind of like eh. now i want to go watch it just for him <laughs> i want to go back and watch all the other performances <laughs> i've seen i haven't seen yeah. of his he's that good yeah he so, was that good are you going the full five stars
0: it's a five star movie five star me. movie i'm between a four and a half and five why what's the four and a half what didn't you like well tell me what you didn't like about it
1: i i i did not like anything it, it's the fact that I was like at points a bit lost on purpose. was a little it's a bit complicated. Con- it's a bit convoluted. Convoluted is the say wrong convoluted. word. Compli- it's not convoluted. Complicated. complicated. It, it's, it's covering a lot of stuff and it doesn't hold your hand. You're expected to catch on with this yeah. movie, which I think is fine because you know what? There's too much hand holding
0: in movies nowadays. You would say the same for Inception and Interstellar. Sure. Every Nolan movie is sort of the same. But we
1: all know that Nolan movies get better the more you keep watching it. And initial viewing, if I have a a couple questions with certain plot devices that I haven't seen or that I'm not connecting with fully, that's just probably because I missed it. Genuinely because I missed it. Because I I don't think there's anything wrong with the narrative in this movie. So I want to go watch it again. I probably will go see it again in theaters. Hopefully. I'll try to. I'm very busy, but... Yeah, I'll go five. I'll, I'll go five. Yeah. I I don't think I I'm so I, I never go full
0: five off first viewings ever. It's a five for me, man. I'm just blown away by what I watched. Honestly, I I don't even know how else we can talk about it. You're no longer gonna talk about Christopher Nolan in a bad light ever again, are you? I mean, this movie was great. <laughs> Other, I don't. know. <laughs> he still made Dark Knight Rises. So he can take a couple middle fingers for that I point. don't hate Dark Knight Rises as much as you do. It isn't great. It is the weakest of the trilogy, for sure. Killing Murphy's good in that movie, A Scarecrow. That's, oh, he is for a scene in that. Yeah. He? I like Tom Hardy, even though you can't hear him. I like Tom Hardy's character. It wasn't Gotham Bane. City will burn. It wasn't a Batman villain, but... Was that a good Bane impression? Gotham City. <laughs> I was born in the dark. Bruce Wayne? <laughs> all right, all right, all right.
1: Yeah, so that's a full... That's five stars for both of us. Yeah. And if that's not a ringing endorsement to go see this movie, I don't know what is. Because we know this movie will finish second at the box office this weekend to Barbie, which is having just an insane, insane cult following already. This movie's going to carry with word of mouth. Yeah. I think. I think casuals are going to love it. I think... That film nerds are already eating it up. And I think that it's going to possibly hold better than Barbie. That's my hot take. I think this movie will hold better
0: than Barbie. And Tom hold? Cruise. Ooh. I don't. Well, we haven't talked about Barbie yet.
1: Yeah. Tom Cruise. He might be the loser in this. He, is, <laughs> he probably should have got Mission Impossible moved up a couple of dates. I know they already moved it up to the Wednesday, but yeah, you, you probably should have pushed that back another two weeks because- I don't think anyone's wanting to watch Mission Impossible. <laughs> These two movies are out in theaters, and this is incredible for movie theaters. I'm so excited that there's two genuinely fantastic movies out there
0: for people to go watch. You should read the re- the bad reviews on it. These are so weird. <laughs> well, they're probably awful, yeah, they're just weird takes. Why is everyone white? uh, I don't know it's a go to history <laughs> <laughs>
1: like yeah. sorry, sorry you don't understand basic. And this movie also has an 8.8 on Rotten Tomatoes with a 94% total, which is absurd. I'm just showing how much everyone loves it. 90, yeah. 94% audience score. Everyone's raving about it. I'm so happy. I'm genuinely happy. I'm I'm Yeah. I'm I'm floored you loved it as much as I did, honestly. I was buzzing,
0: man. Like it You're holding it in then because we we were like, should we talk about it? Or like, should
1: what should we say? say
0: um but I think it is like a modern it's a modern day Hamlet. And I I don't mean that in the sense that it's it's almost the same story about hubris, but it's more the the impact of this movie is (laughs) unreal. So you're gonna be telling everyone to go watch it then? Yeah, go watch
1: this. It's good. From one to the other. Should we go to Barbie now? Let's do it. Oh Barbie, you're so fun. Hello, this is about Barbie with Greta Gerwig directing and writing screen. Credits with Noah Baumbach, her husband, who is of marriage story fame and other indie films. And this is about stereotypical Barbie in Barbie lands and her trying to find a connection to this girl who is seemingly giving her human thoughts. And she has to travel to the real world with Ken to discover what it means to be a Barbie in modern day society. So, considering that you already said that. You gave a round of applause and said, "Fantastic week!" You loved the movie as well.
0: Freaking fantastic! What did you love about Barbie? Uh, oh my god, it's so fun! <laughs> yeah, this is like one of the most fun movies you'll ever see in a theater. Um, the way that it talks about all the themes are so well done, but like also in your face and just like, yeah, that's that. There, there it is. It is very much like shamelessly in your face, and it doesn't yeah. care. It, and and in the perfect way. I yeah. think if you're going to make a movie like that, the fact that nothing really makes sense and everything sort of made sense was perfect. Uh I like how long they stayed in the real world. I it, This movie was great. Yeah. So fun.
1: I my favorite thing about this was that Mattel signed off on them to make fun of themselves.
0: Yeah. Actually I was
1: shocked by this because this is not your stereotypical toy movie. No, it's just this is not a branded movie. It's making fun of Everything Barbie, but it's still showing like a loving ode to it as well. But it, it, it's not shy at just picking apart everything about this product. Yeah, and the way that this thing is written is so fun, so fresh, and hilarious, so different, and like this is just this is I can't describe how nuts this movie is. Genuinely, it's just kind of like a fever trip watching this movie. Yeah, honest to goodness, and it's hilarious. There's so many moments in this movie where I actually genuinely laughed out loud. Yeah, you don't lose interest in this thing. No, not at all. It holds you right till the end. The direction's fantastic. Greta Gerwig was tremendous with this. I don't want to get lost on the production design. Sarah Greenwood, she needs to be nominated and given the award yesterday for production design. Those sets are insane. Incredible, dude. Oh, my God. I want
0: to go visit this world. Dude, I'm- they got to make one, man. Like, they holy have to. smokes. They have to. It looks...
1: Amazing. The score is really good. The soundtrack's fun. It fits. It's soundtrack very, is great. Yeah, it's a very soundtracky, but it also like is picking up hard fits perfectly. themes of Barbie and everything like that. The Billie Eilish song's really emotional at the, the perfect point of the movie. A little too many Chevy ads. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. We'll, we'll give them the pass. You know what? They handle the brands fine. Uh, and yeah, the, the humor is the main thing that stuck out for me. My favorite line uh, is the Justice League line. I was genuinely floored that they said that, just picking apart Zack Snyder. Oh, the Snyder cut? (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, I thought I was in a trance where I was obsessed with the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. I lost it. Yeah. Because this is a Warner Brothers movie. They're just straight up crapping on the Justice League and Zack Snyder and men culture because that, yeah, Yeah. that's what a lot of this alpha chad behavior is online, which this movie is going to piss off a side of masculinity that, People are like, oh, because the entire second half of this movie is Ken discovering patri- <laughs> patriotism patriarchy. and patriarchy and them just running into the ground with this thing, horses, <laughs> and, like, all of this stuff. The constant different things you saw with the horses in like the, when they took over. Uh, oh, my God. So funny. So clever. And again, it doesn't care. It's like, if you're going to buy it, you're going to like it. If you don't, so what? Why yeah. do we care? And I love that every actor, every actress in this film bought into it and looked like they were having the time of their lives. Yeah. Every single Ken in this movie. Everybody's having fun in this. Oh. you have Simu so Liu much fun in this. was having the greatest time I'm, of his life. I'm not
0: a big Simu Leo guy. He was so he was fun great. in this. His
1: feud with Ryan Gosling's Ken? Wow. Hilarious. Incredible. And ryan gosling i hope he gets nominated because he's, he, has, was he has to
0: tremendous he's margot robbie i think is gonna win best actress
1: yeah i wouldn't be surprised she's, she's so good at
0: she speaking of people carrying
1: movies like oh my god yeah her and ken's relationship and their dynamic was my favorite part of this movie as well like they they had such a dynamic energy to it that when the two of them weren't together i wasn't as invested when and when they were but so that that was that's a little bit of like th- this film does go and separate them for a little bit, and yep. I I did get pulled out uh, just a little bit, and I wish we had a bit more of their time together. Like I know they're in the movie for a lot. He gets the point. I know, but they're just so good together that I just wanted to see more of them. Can you fault me for that? For wanting to see two prime actor and actresses?
0: Yeah, I think if you watch the movie and come away with that take, I don't think you got the. That's movie. not.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not the take I'm coming away with. I'm just saying I love them yeah, so much that I would, yeah, yeah. I would. I would want to live in like I want more.
0: I yeah, literally they want. They cool. really well. I find with Gosling, he does that with everybody. Like him and Emma Stone were incredible. Like he well, can well, just, it just pu- shows he, the talent of Ryan Gosling. I find there's really good actors who push like their their scene partner like like him and uh, Bradley Cooper are like two prime examples. You get the best out of the other person when those two guys are on screen. And they're both underrated. Completely.
1: I know people say Ryan Gosling's rated. No, he's not. He's still so underrated by everyone.
0: I think it goes back to our uh, conversation on Monday. Like, There's people who just, or maybe we're talking about Jennifer Lawrence, one of them, Uh, people who just pick their movies so so well that they sort of fly under the radar. Yeah, I'm
1: happy it's getting a lot of love from everyone. I was, I was worried that this was just gonna, if there was a movie that I was less like sold on that it was going to be great, it was this one genuinely just because we've seen how many other brand movies and all these other product films, but it's twice now that a movie like this has come out, like the Lego movie and this that has completely blown my expectations away. And I just had so much fun sitting there in a crowd that was loving every single second of
0: this movie little too many idle flashbacks for me. (laughs) Just a little bit? Nah, I'm kidding. Uh, But yeah, Margot Robbie is phenomenal in this thing. It looks amazing. It's directed so well. It's more important, this movie, I think people see, than Oppenheimer. Yeah. Its message is far more relevant. It's it's probably the most important movie that's come out in a very long time. Mm. I do have a negative. Yeah, go for it. I think...
1: I know you say they're in the real world for a perfect amount of time. That was my least favorite part oh, of the a movie. Oh, when they were in it? Or you wanted to see them more in it? No, I I didn't want that at all, to be honest. Them in the real world? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I Will didn't Ferrell know. is my least favorite part of this movie. Yeah, you. I, I'm so over Will Ferrell, man. He feels like he was in, because this movie's been in development for so long and yeah. gone through so many different iterations until they gave it to Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig. That he feels like he was a part of a different script. Yeah, he's and really it, out and of it. it. It shows because they literally disappear for half the movie. Like they yeah. are, they they're in the movie. They're introduced. They have this scene with Barbie trying to get Barbie in the box, and it's kind of like, okay, like it, it's it's a fine scene. And then they follow Barbie back into Barbie land. and they're literally gone. They literally don't show up again until the last ten minutes of the movie. After that. So it's, it's a little weird that they're in the movie. I would have been fine with that role, that whole story arc, that line just completely cut. Yeah. I didn't need to see it. I thought Will Ferrell was, like, fine. I I thought he said some funny dialogue, but I didn't think we needed it at all,
0: to be honest. Yeah. I, I didn't really care for Will Ferrell in that.
1: As for other standouts in this movie, we talk, obviously, about Margot and this thing. I really liked America Ferrera. Yeah, she's great. She's really great. She has the... um. The one scene that a lot of people are probably going to be talking about from this movie. Uh, did, did people clap in your theater? No. no. Uh, my theater, people were clapping after the scene. And it is very in your face about it. Yeah, yeah. But great scene. So what? It's true. Yeah, it is true. And if, if people are going to come away being like, wow, oh, like, why? It's too feminism. Like, why? It's shoving everything in my head. You're part of the problem. <laughs> and like, who cares? It's not about you. Just go have fun. Literally go have fun this
0: movie it's a fun movie you'll laugh it's beautiful well acted who important cares message great great soundtrack like i know people who aren't bought into it they're like it's a barbie
1: movie why would you go see it that was what my the first thing my mom said to me was why'd you go see a barbie movie
0: <laughs> it's a great movie <laughs>
1: yeah one it's a great
0: movie it's just to, a good movie two, man
1: who cares what people are see? like go see what you want to see and that that's part of the like and I, what i what i love more about this is that it's not just Especially with the, the scene, like about feminism and uh, patriarchy, is that it doesn't pick a side specifically too. Like they make fun of patriarchy, but at the same time, they're also like destroying it in a very like in not a toxic way. Like they're not trying to be completely crapping on it. They're just trying to be like, look, especially with Ken towards the end. That, that's his whole point of his character arc is that he's going through the story, and it's like you, you're you're fine. Like you don't need to con- like concede to all of these normalities. You can be yourself. And you have to find yourself, and I think that's it's a good. It has good messaging for women and for girls, and especially for younger ones. I think that's it's a great message that will be for them. I think for guys too. Like there's there's good scenes in there, and that's why it's written well. Like it's not. It is making fun of patriarchy, obviously, but it's not being so toxic towards them. It's just kind of like, look, it's it's really stupid and it's really toxic. But there is a different side that like not everyone needs to be like that. You know what I'm saying? Sorta. You get, you get what I'm trying to say, though? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It, it is a good end for Ken. Word. I want that sweater. It's a great sweater. <laughs> I am Knuff. Yeah. <laughs> People died at that in the theater. I think that was the biggest laugh. I would buy it. Such an emotional part of the movie, too. Granted, um, you so good with emotion, man. Which had the better ending? Uh, Oppenheimer. I think it was Barbie. Really? Yeah. Is it just because of the gag at the end of the movie? No. It's, or just the actual- Far more emotional. T- and, okay. Like, it, it, Did shed a tear? I, no, I'm not crying in a movie. Do you cry during movies? Uh, I don't know. Not not anymore. I don't. I have not not cried. I'm not a big crier in movie. Person. If you cry, it's fine. Yeah, go cry. That, th- that's the whole point Be of them. Sad. They're trying to. I I thought I thought this ending was better. Okay. It's a really good ending. Yeah. I don't like Kate McKinnon. No. No. It's the same. Yeah. It's like Will Ferrell. It She's the same just thing really good at it, though. I didn't think she was good. I actually thought she took me out of it. Mm. That, that's why they put her in as like the weird Barbies because yeah. that type of character is very much something that Kate McKinnon... Yeah. I just... I don't want to see Kate McKinnon and stuff anymore. Sorry, Kate McKinnon. I don't think you're funny.
1: Mm. Same I, with
0: Will Ferrell. I don't want to see Will Ferrell and stuff anymore. It's the same game. I think Will per- Will, per- Will Ferrell is past his yeah his expiry date.
1: At least he's in a good movie now. We can say that because we mentioned that a couple episodes ago that he hasn't been in a good movie
0: Yeah. in like a decade now he's in one for talking things that we didn't actors we didn't like i didn't like florence Pugh in oppenheimer you're going back you could have said that <laughs> when we were talking about oppenheimer why not i just thought of it um i just don't really care for her i think she hasn't really sold me on anything she's ever done and in that movie it was it seemed like an odd choice to pick her she was fine i just thought like in such a tour de force of like actors giving their all she was sort of the weaker like... Have you seen Fighting with My Family? I have. It's good wrestle movie. Do you I like her I'm... in that? Yeah, she was fine. The movie's not very memorable. No, but she's very good in it. Yeah, I don't. I,
1: I know you don't like Midsummer, but her performance is fantastic in that movie. No. Yeah, that's an awful take. <laughs> hey. You're alone on that take too. Maybe. No, you but, for uh, sure are alone on that uh, take. She should have been nominated.
0: Okay. <laughs> Disagree, but. Um,
1: what else yeah. about Barbie? Anything else do we want to talk about? I, like, there's not much to talk about Barbie. It's just... Fantastic movie. Yeah. And I'm just thrilled that we have two exceptional movies out in theaters. Yeah. Like, go see both. Yeah. Please. It's crazy when I would say, like, a double feature, but honestly honestly, and genuinely, like, I would double feature these.
0: It would be long. It's a very long day. It um, would be a long day, I saw Barbie at night, immediately went to bed, woke up, and immediately saw Oppenheimer. So, I would do it. I mean, that was that was a pretty good way to do it. It's crazy. It feels like I'm a little upset that it like it's done now. I know. What do we have to look forward to now? I know,
1: because everything's gonna get delayed
0: now. We're also the only people who have seen it. So it's yeah. not like we can talk to anybody. I know. We it. were we were thinking
1: of getting like some guests in for this episode, but we watched like I had my advanced screening of Barbie. So once that happened, I was like, well, we kinda have to watch them yeah. immediately.
0: Plus to get the content out because you know, gotta keep yeah, that. Yeah, we content. should probably do a second watch of this too. Of Barbie or Oppenheimer. eventually both, eventually. Like a second thought, yeah. I, second yeah. peak. Yeah, I, I'm,
1: I'm happy. I'm content. <laughs> I'm really happy, man. These it it feels it feels weird that we're only 46 minutes into the episodes and we covered both, but like, there's not much else. <laughs> not to much say. else to say, man.
0: They're just fantastic movies. Yeah, and uh, what do you give Barbie?
1: Uh, give it four and a half.
0: What's a half? Will Ferrell? Yeah. The Will Ferrell real life stuff.
1: Cool. What about you? It's a five. Two fives in five a row. Star, this is coming from Mr. Four Star and Two Star over yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Transitioning a little bit. The delays are, that's what it's upsetting that, like, it's over now because the delays are going to start happening. Challengers got delayed. Yeah. Um. That was announced just about an hour ago at the time of recording. And that's probably the first domino. Is that studios are now going to start seriously considering delaying films because they have to, you know, get their actors out there to promote the movies. And they're not, and they're taking a stance against that because they're like, you're not going to want to come and promote the movies. Fine, we'll just delay the movies and not put them out. I hate it.
0: Absolutely hate it.
1: It's really stupid.
0: Yeah. Without the, uh, so the Oscars are basically a campaign. Like it's not actually goes to the best person who wins it. You can't be in your movies. But with actors, depending on how long this takes, this might be the most commonly, uh, not commonly, um, pure Oscar voting that we've seen in a very long time. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It will be weird because will the Oscars even happen
1: if it goes that long? They might just have to push the window and might just like have a larger window which would be even worse because then there's going to be a lot of good movies they're going to miss out. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't want to see Dune delayed at all. No. That was the first time I saw the trailer. We saw the trailer in theaters before Oppenheimer. It was an IMAX trailer too. So Chef's Kiss looks tremendous. Looks great. Looks like Dune. Do you like the first one? I love the first one. It's good. Eh? It's one of the first ones I gave a five, five star to as well. Go crazy. Yeah. Five stars? Yeah, I'm a re- I loved it. Loved it in theaters. Just the overall experience. I saw in like the largest IMAX screen in the world too. Barbie better. The Barbie's not better.
0: <laughs> then Dune Part One. Bad take, bro. If Grow f- up. If Dune Part One is that good, it's the importance of Dune <laughs> that they made a worse version. I'm kidding. Yeah, if <laughs> have you, you seen the original? There, no. I oh, f- you should. I oh, refuse. you have to. There's people out here who Iconic.
1: genuinely believe that the original is better but i i want to wait until dune part two is out oh uh, well i don't know the ending oh like i haven't heard anything about it and that's why like i'm fine with it because okay, okay. I, i'll watch the other one eventually but there's people out there that genuinely believe that the david lynch version is better than the Denis Villeneuve version
0: <laughs> which at that, that point grow up you've never even seen it there's no chance it's better no, it's, it's not even close. No. It's a bad movie. Yeah. It's like laughable. It's really funny to watch. You yeah. should watch it though because it's hilarious. Yeah, I'll watch it after I watch part two so I won't have
1: part two tainted for me And I, because I don't want to know the ending and then go in. I know it's probably like whatever. It is what it is, but yeah, I don't know the ending. So yeah, th- we're going to be... <sighs> hopefully, not a lot of movies get delayed. We'll see what happens with some of the Oscar contenders as well like Killers of the Flower Moon and Napoleon... See what those movies end up staying because they're streaming. I think they might. I think they have more of a chance than the theatrical ones. But I don't know what else is like coming out this year that's like as hype. Now we have, especially for blockbusters, like Captain Marvel's coming out, the sequel, the Marvels. Don't think anyone cares about that. Yeah, because Marvel's kind of dying. Not really, but you know what I mean. I just there's not a lot else coming out this year. You want to know what's coming out for the rest of the week, though? Let's do it. Uh, one movie called "They Cloned Tyrone" on Netflix.
0: Huh? They cloned Tyrone. How'd Birdbox Barcelona do, by the Not way? Not good. There's a reason <laughs> no one's talking
1: about it. Is because no one curious. knew it came out, and no one cares that it came out. Um, "They Cloned Tyrone" is with John Boyega. It's apparently very good. It's an original sci-fi movie, and it's gotten good reviews. Hell yeah. So that's the only movie that's coming out this weekend. We did mention Theater Camp is out as well. So if you want to go see something that's not Barbenheimer, you can go and watch some comedy in Theater yeah. Camp. As for TV shows for this weekend, Mink Season 2 is coming out. That's with Jake Johnson. That's the porn one, right? Yes. That one was canceled by Stars and was picked up again. No, it was canceled by HBO max and was revived by stars because they already shot season two and hbo was like no we're not putting you out and then stars went yes we are putting you out so that is out people love minx go watch that if you want spec ops lioness we saw this trailer before yeah <laughs> oppenheimer it's with morgan freeman and zoe saldana what the heck was that i don't know it doesn't <laughs> look good it's another taylor sheridan i don't know if he's writ- written it i don't know if he's directed anything. Taylor Sheridan was once a very promising director slash writer when he did um Sicario with Denis Villeneuve and Wind River as his first debut. Since then nothing has capitalized anywhere close to anything he's hmm. done. And he does Yellowstone, which people really like. I'm not a fan of Yellowstone. I liked Wind River. Wind River is really good. Did you watch Sicario? No. You haven't seen Sicario? Really good? It's fantastic. Hell yeah, I'll give it a watch. Really good performances in that movie. So probably not great. Probably just meh, like every other Taylor Sheridan thing that's been out there recently. And Futurama, season eleven.
0: It's back. Heck yeah. Futurama I always liked Futurama as a kid. So yeah, but no one one's, ones, ones care, no one cares anymore. No. I'm sure people will like watch it and be like, nobody, I don't nobody cares. Don't
1: anymore. need to watch more of it.
0: Uh I do have a question for you. Hit me with it. Um So I have Mike Flanagan's movies up here, John Carpenter's and David Cronenberg's. Could you explain to me how Mike Flanagan is is a better director than Cronenberg and Carpenter?
1: I think it would be not fair because I haven't seen a lot of Cronenberg.
0: You just said that on the last pod that he was your favorite horror director. He's my favorite mainstream horror director at the moment. There's a difference. Indie. The guy who made Ouija, Origin of Evil? Ouija, Origin of we- Evil is actually pretty good. Is it better than The Thing? I don't know. I haven't seen The Thing. Escape from New York? haven't seen Escape from New York. They Live? haven't seen They Live. Halloween? I've seen Halloween. My God, man. Big Trouble in Little China? I have seen that one. The Fog? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. What about The Fly? I haven't seen The Fly. What? It, what? It, I, how could you have horror takes? <laughs> I Bad <don't>, guy. I, <laughs> Spider?
1: No. I saw his new movie, Crimes of the Future. How's that? I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love Mike Flanagan, man. King on screens is next one. What's that about? Stephen King, on screen. Yeah, like oh, every single movie that King has probably screen. been adapted it's a from documentary him. Documentary biography. No, about it's just a movie about Stephen King. Oh, <laughs> what? Interesting. Anyway, I was just curious about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Mike Flanagan's good.
0: Very good. He's yeah. made a lot of some, good TV shows. good movies in there. A lot of good movies. Haunted Hill House. It's a great show. All right, who had the best performances from the two movies we watched? Uh, top five performances here. <sighs> Very different movies to rank like this. I mean, top three is
1: probably Killian Murphy then i would say margot robbie and then ryan gosling uh as for the other two i would probably say four would be uh, silly simileu, maybe what <laughs> no that's that's a bad Or
0: anyone in I no uh Simeon fun. He just does a little dance. Oh
1: yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is four. Really, you wouldn't put John Cena ahead of Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I love John Cena's cameo. Yeah, it was I great. wish
0: it wasn't spoiled in the trailers
1: and everything like that beforehand.
0: I thought you said you never saw the trailers.
1: But it was announced that he was like I yeah, saw yeah. it as like discussing films, tweeted it because they tweet everything spoiler related. No. Yeah, and then probably like I'd put Simu there at, f- at five. I really liked him. I thought he was really fun. He's a really good counterfoil to stereotypical Ken.
0: Yeah. What about you? Yeah, it's got to go, Killian, and Margot, then or I don't know. Yeah, Killian Murphy's. I mean, that's like a once in a lifetime performance. Yeah. Um, then Margot Robbie was also like equally, e- not equally, but unless you watch the movie, then equally, equally impressive. Uh, and then yeah, Ryan Gosling was mm-hmm. freaking phenomenal too, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they got to give it to R. D. J. And then take your pick, man. Who's the dude who's always in like movies, but I can never remember his name. The guy who played his buddy? <laughs> who's buddy? Oppenheimer's. Like the his friend at the end. Oh, oh that I dude's didn't. in everything, right? He's in a That's lot. What's his name? I don't remember what his, his name is. Anywho, I'll get it one day, but he was he was really, really good. Everyone in those movies are good. I think you give the whole cast just big shout out. You know it wasn't hey, good. What the Flash? Yes. What did we watch this week? <laughs> I know you watched the Flash. Yeah, I did watch the Flash. Well, you know let what? we have it. The Flash is fine.
1: All right. Oh, it's not that bad. What? Yeah, it's not that bad. Okay. Okay. The story is pretty good. It's actually pretty emotional. It's like very it's the Barry story. I should add. Anything that's centered around Barry, good, is very good. What else is in it? I'm never gonna watch this. Movie. Michael Keaton's Batman, yeah, and the Supergirl. Sorry, I forgot the actress name. I don't have it up here. Um, it's Sasha C- Coel, I believe, is her name. Uh, they're good in the movie. They have zero purpose, and they literally are just like shown as just straight fan service. And there's no oh, anything really? to do with them. They just don't serve a purpose really to the narrative. And the special effects. Is the worst part of this movie. The CGI is the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. No. It's one of the worst bad. One of the worst looking movies I've ever seen.
0: It's that bad? Yeah. The entire
1: first scene is like a scene with him trying to save kids from a hospital and they all look like the baby from Twilight. No. Yeah. (laughs) It's really bad. Does he put the baby in the microwave? He does put the baby in the microwave. I don't understand why it's so funny. It's not funny. He literally puts a baby in a microwave, and then he takes it out, and he looks really weird while he's like staring at it. What was the point of it? I don't know. He saved the baby because there was a microwave that was also falling, so he just put the baby in the microwave.
0: What? Yeah. The scene is he just puts a baby in a microwave? Yeah, the
1: baby's falling, and the microwave is also falling, so he goes, oh, just put the baby in the microwave.
0: Oh, but then he takes it out. Yeah, oh, but they have it in reverse, so it looks like he's yeah. Putting because the baby people on the internet is funny. Microwave. that is funny,
1: but like it's not funny in the
0: movie. It's weird.
1: It's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Did this movie bother you? No, it's really ino- it's inoffensive. It's just the, actually no. There there is some the, the one offensive thing <laughs> I that which we've mentioned beforehand. Spoiler alert. They don't think you care. Um, is at the end of the movie when it's god off. The ending's awful. This ending of this movie is so terrible. What happens? Um, they're past flash and future and present flash past flash is believing that he can go back in time and save Supergirl from dying and Michael Keaton from dying, but it's like a dead end. So that, that universe was always destined to die because Barry switched it up because the whole premise is he went back in time to save his mom. And then because of that point, he messed up the timeline, but it messes up both ways. So it's like a noodle. It goes both ways. It doesn't just like mess up from that point onwards. It's also in the past. So past Barry or as like current main Barry okay. and alternate Barry are like he's trying to stop alternate Barry. So main Barry is like the the, the one that you know from the timeline, the, the, the timeline that all the other movies he's trying to stop alternate Barry from going back because he would end up doing it for years and become this like old, like weird looking disheveled person creepy like he's just in the dark he's like dark flash it's really weird and then you look around and with the worst CGI ever you see all these different multiverses collapsing and like colliding so the universe is like failing and then it goes and shows pieces from those multiverses which is all the cameos so Adam West is in the movie for a little bit there's a little scene of Adam West Batman for no reason there's uh, like we mentioned Superman uh, the Richard Donner Superman is in there Really, really gross that he's in that movie. Serves no purpose. There's literally no purpose. It's just cameos. Um, the weirdest one, <laughs> Nick Cage as Superman. Okay. Because he was supposed yeah, to be Superman. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't care. They all look terrible. Like, it looked awful. And that's it. And that's the end of that. And then the dark Flash kills past Flash because past – or It's You see how convoluted this is trying to explain this? Because the alternate Flash sacrifices himself. So then that timeline is done. So then Flash goes back and then a really good scene. Talks to his mom again because the whole purpose was his mom got stabbed in her house because her dad went out to go get tomatoes because they forgot it when she went grocery shopping. So Flash gave the tomatoes. Okay. So that's what caused all this. So he was like a, like a closing scene with it. Like a very <laughs> emotional scene with like his mom and like talking to his mom for the last time. Okay, He gets rid of the tomato cans. Um, the thing is, though, his dad is in prison because they thought that the dad did it, but there was no evidence to prove that the dad was at the grocery store getting it at the time that his mom was stabbed. So Flash fixes the camera, and then he goes back. So it kind of also, the whole point of the story is learning to grow and forget and to, like, move on and, like, become a better person. But at the same time, he also doesn't learn that because he's still fixing stuff. So then he comes back. Everything seems like it's fine. He saves his dad. His dad's, like, with him now but they end the movie which is like in a clear reshoot okay absolute reshoot where it does the same thing that Ant-Man Quantumania does but it ends on a joke which is like his tooth falling out whatever and the batman cuz so you know how batman is in the like in the, the universe like the main DC universe is supposed to be Ben Affleck yeah so he's no longer Ben Affleck because they were erased him from the timeline. None of this matters by the way because this whole universe is done regardless once James Gunn takes over, which is after Aquaman. So none of this matters anymore cuz this was all like seeds that were sown. <laughs> Guess who comes out of the car is Batman. Not Michael Keaton, George Clooney.
0: Okay. Oh okay,
1: yeah. Yep. he's apparently now the their universe's Batman. That was oh, their That's funny. Why?
0: A little joke. Because. It's funny. I liked, you know what, hot take, I like George Clooney Batman.
1: Yeah, but it's weird. (laughs) No one cares anymore. No No. one wants
0: to see it. And it was supposed to be, apparently,
1: the Supergirl and Michael Keaton's Batman that were supposed to come out and be like, oh, look, they're in their universe now because, like, that's what messed up and that was supposed to be. Because Michael Keaton was supposed to be in Batgirl. He was supposed to be in Aquaman. Yeah. And now, clearly that's no. not happening so they said bye Michael Keaton and Jeez, so they probably bro. cut him from Aquaman I don't know what they're doing with that part Aquaman apparently tested horribly so they've been reshooting it yeah they've been reshooting it like crazy because it's been getting awful screen tests so I don't know it's fine Jeez. it's it's completely watchable the CGI is literally dog it's like the one of the worst films I've ever like had my pleasure of looking at I damn to throw bro it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is called in review but All the right. story's fine. Like, Barry's story's fine. It's just everything else around it was just, like, didn't serve a purpose. Ezra Miller is pretty good. It's a shame that Ezra's such an idiot and that we're probably never going to see Ezra again because they're actually a really good actor. I, I believed their performance is Barry. Nice. And now we're never going to see them again, so. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, Hollywood has enough problematic people in it. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine if we get one less person out
0: of there. my Why not? You watch anything else or no? Nah? What did I watch this weekend? Oh, I finished season one of Atlanta. Yeah, what'd you think? Uh, it's a cool show, man. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be about rappers. No, no, it's just about people trying to live in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, it gets weirder from that point on, also.
0: Okay, that's the normal season. Oof. Yeah, you get you get weird stuff going on after that. <laughs> uh, the trans episode seemed offensive. I haven't seen it in a while, so it's like the one where they do he like it's weird that he won't sleep with Caitlyn Jenner like and then it's like a mockumentary about a guy a black guy who says he's white I don't remember that episode it just seems like really outdated and offensive I don't know how culture sees you know trans people in 2017 in Atlanta but I mean maybe it was an accurate depiction but it just watching it in 2023 I felt a little yeah I I,
1: I haven't seen it in a while so I can't comment on that but that feels weird Hearing yeah. that now.
0: It was odd, uh, but it's a cool show. Yeah, really well done. Black Justin Bieber was a odd choice. <laughs> it's pretty funny though. <laughs> pretty funny.
1: Yeah, the, the acting's all good. Donald Glover is really good. Yeah. Zazie Beat's actually putting on a good performance on, like measy Day. Yeah. The Stanfield's really good. They're all like they're all great.
0: And, it wasn't as high on the Keith Stanfield as I thought. He gets I'd better. Did. He gets okay, so much good. better. I really like. I don't know who plays Paperboy, but he was really really good. Uh oh my goodness
1: i know his name why am i blanking? he on was great now? i i know his name he was nominated for an oscar last year this is really bad he was I, nominated brian for tyree an oscar? henry oh yeah, for causeway he's brian oh yeah paper boy paper boy all about that paper boy hell yeah uh season three i'm not a fan of at all
0: what ha- finished Eh, it's season, season four is the last, one. Is the last one. one season three has
1: a lot of standalone episodes without the crew in it Defeats the whole purpose of the show for me because I watch it for the crew. I do not watch it for anyone else. You don't like those one-off eppies? Not when there's six of them in a season. Damn. Yeah. What are you watching next? Um. Probably finish off
0: Secret Invasion. Yuck. I don't really want to. Recommend me something.
1: Watch the new season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
0: Okay. It's on Disney, eh? should be,
1: yeah. Okay. It's also really like I I finished it off last episode, so on brand. It's so funny. It's getting like a lot of people are hating on it. I love it. I think it's one of my favorite episodes of the show.
0: What's like the perfect show? Not your favorite show, but what's the perfect show? Uh, Succession
1: or Severance. They're perfect. I yeah, I would say they are. Severance is Severance is damn near perfect for me.
0: I feel like a show like Succession can't find the the point of the show unless it's imperfect. No.
1: Mm. That's too deep
0: for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Watch Severance. You haven't seen Severance, right? I don't have Apple TV, Get man. Get Apple TV. It's the best streaming service. Apparently, dude, all these shows seem
0: amazing on Apple TV. Yeah. Severance is great. Severance is like the perfect first season. Yeah, okay. I'll give that a shot. That's Adam Scott, right? Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. I dig him. It's really good. All right, I'll watch it Sunny. I'll be Sunny. Yeah through most recent season I'll and finish the bear yeah it came out now I can watch it there you go did oh, all yeah. the episodes okay. drop oh I didn't check I hope so yeah it better not be weekly <sighs> that'd be really annoying <laughs> but also I do like a good week I, I, <laughs> yeah it's fine I but like the bear is not show. a weekly show no I did not like that I would. I don't think I would like it if it was weekly the bear is a binging show but, yeah, yeah. Anywho. anyways how are you feeling on the episode right now yeah <laughs> bro <laughs> two freaking incredible movies yeah what else can you say more? I, mean, I don't we'll, think we need to go any further, honestly. Like, yeah, go see them. And yeah. We'll, we'll have more discussions about them probably in the future, but I mean, like, first takes, like these, incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good space to stop, honestly.
1: Yeah. Like we, we've covered everything. We, we gave our reasons. We liked every single movie. It's good. It's good stuff. Go watch them. Now's the time, especially if we're not going to get anything later this year. Now's your chance. Go watch it. Go support. Uh, but also. Support the actors and SAG because this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, I don't want to see movies getting delayed because studios are so boneheaded that they can't just pay their actors. It's ridiculous. It's a bit, it's a bit much, guys. Come on. It's a little bit much. It's a little bit excessive. Let's um, let's stop doing that. <laughs> How about?
0: All right, just pay everyone. All right. pay your writers, pay your actors. Let's Please
1: stop being stupid.
0: Alrighty, learned a lot about unions in uh, Oppenheimer today. <laughs> and that concludes. Our special cinematic episode of Cinemate's Wrestling. Young Cine- <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our discussions of the new Barbie movie and obviously Oppenheimer. But the excitement doesn't end here. Cinemate's Wrestling will continue in future episodes. As we continue Did you to write blend it down the to magic- Cinemate's Wrestling? Yeah, I might have. <laughs> <laughs> As we continue to blend the magic of storytelling, the electrifying action... Inside the squared circle. Hell yeah! From the epic rivalries. Oh god! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your fellow wrestling enthusiasts <laughs> and moviegoers. Your support obviously means the world to us. We've had a lot of support on this one, so thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. I'm yeah. Mike uh, Jose Collins. Yeah,
1: you can find me at Jake underscore Schultz six on Twitter as well. Find us on the Pod on Twitter. It's Please. the Cinemates Pod and YouTube. We're on YouTube now at the yes, Cinemates Pod YouTube. as well. So, subscribe if you want to watch video forms of everything. Do it. We got good yes. content. You can see our beautiful, ugly faces. And Piccolo on Letterboxd, P S E L. And Gax Reviews for me on
0: Letterboxd. Gax Reviews. Anyway, thank you for joining Cinemates. Remember to follow us again as we continue lighting the ring, the wrestling ring. <laughs> Gorgeous right. outro. Bye. You want to go, go party? Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Ah,
1: ah, ah, yeah.